It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What do you think of the Broncos, what they've done? Uh, This is the question I've been waiting for. Yeah. I love the Broncos. Um, George Payton, the the job that he's done. Um, Bringing in McGlinchey, bringing in Russ. Um, we got the best corner in the league with Patrick Sertan. Big fan of uh, uh, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, all of these guys, man. Um, You're still using the word we, I noticed. It's, it's, it'll always be we. That was a little strange. At a time when, as Pete noted right before we began the show, David Bakhtiari was referring to the Packers as they, even though he's still on the team. Von Miller is twice removed from the Broncos, traded to the Rams, signed with the Bills, and still is referring to the Broncos as we. I kind of like that emotional connection in something that is fundamentally a business, but it's also a little weird because you don't hear that very often, if at all, Christopher. No, you're right, but it it is cool. It's It's part of Von Miller, right? So I understand where he comes from on this one, especially a guy like Von Miller. I could see that NFL legends, you know, he's the number two pick from the Denver Broncos, right? He was in two Super Bowls, one of them, which he was the MVP and they won. So there that's, you can't tell the story of Von Miller. They won't be able to talk about him going to the hall of fame uh, without talking about the Denver Broncos. And of course that was the most important part of, you know, the Von Miller era there. So that's, that's where I get it. And that's cool that he's willing to embrace it while he's still playing in a career right now with the Buffalo Bills. And he was in Denver for an event tied to his charity Vaughn's vision. So maybe he just knows how to suck up. Oh, he's, if you're he's, in Denver, it's yeah, we. Right. If you're in L.A., the Rams are we. <laughs> if you're in Buffalo, the Bills are we. 
Yeah, well, he he is smart like that. There's no doubt. He's got a future in the business if he wants. And yeah, I don't know what he was doing there. It looked like he had some like sports memorabilia, a private plane behind him. But he certainly is going to hold the Denver Broncos in more of a high regard than the L.A. Rams, where he was just a a rental for a few months, basically. So I, I certainly would expect him to be we in Denver more than the Rams. If I heard we with the Rams. That would be where I'd be like, what? I don't know about that. I don't know if you were there long enough to claim we with the Rams. I'm glad you mentioned that he's got a future in the business because I thought of him last week when I saw that Fred Gidelli, the longtime producer of Sunday Night Football before that Monday Night Football, all those years of production meetings with big-name players, and he told Andrew Marchand of the New York Post that he was surprised when he saw that Tom Brady decided to go into broadcasting because he had never gotten any idea that Brady had any curiosity whatsoever. And it's obvious when someone does have the curiosity. And Von Miller is the best example I can think of. We had him on set for a Super Bowl a few years ago. And just based on everything that came out of his mouth when the thing ended and questions he was asking, first of all, why are you asking me? But, I mean, I'll tell you what I know, but maybe you should do the opposite. But you could just tell the guy is trying to think of a future in broadcasting. And if Tom Brady's in production meetings with Fred Gadelli and people like Al Michaels and John Madden and Chris Collinsworth and not showing any curiosity about the business, it does lead to a conclusion that this is something that's not even on the guy's radar screen. So there's got to be a hell of a story as to how this landed on Tom Brady's radar screen if it wasn't for 20 years. Maybe it's $375 million over 10 Duh. years. Maybe that forces Duh. its way onto someone's Duh. radar screen. You'll give me what? But- how many hundred million? Sure. <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, well, welcome, everybody, to the game today on Sunday. Uh, no doubt, I, I, but I hear what you're but saying. But it's fair to wonder. It's fair to wonder how right. good he's going to be, just based on that fact. Just because somebody gave you a lot of money to do something doesn't give you a natural curiosity, yeah. an aptitude. He said, and I hate to make all this about Brady, but the opening just kind of naturally was there. He said at one point within the past couple of years, "I don't want to retire and be watching a bunch of guys and say they suck. I can still do that." Well, he's going to he's going to torment himself with that. I guarantee you at some point, if he does take the Fox job next year, at some point, he is going to believe I'm better right now. I could walk out of this broadcast booth right now and go down to the field and do a better job than one or both of the quarterbacks of this game I've been assigned to. Well, yeah, maybe, you know, but that's not it doesn't sound like it's happening this year. I don't know. I'm I'm still one that you know. I got to see it to believe it, kind of. Anyways, oh, like oh, I'm just I'm saying. I'm setting aside whether he plays. Yeah. I'm just saying he will be tormented, especially in the early years of broadcasting these games. So I don't know. 375 million buys a lot of torment, I guess. But just the whole thing was odd that he was going to do it in the first place. But I put Von Miller here, who had a, an obvious interest. And Brady here, who, you know, the top producer in the NFL had never seen anything from him. That's just odd. Yeah, just no. Odd. I think it's, it, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see with the Brady thing. Uh, you know, like I'll, I'll echo something my dad has said a little bit publicly. And I know there's some other people in the business, too, that think when it comes down to it that Brady's not going to announce games. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I think there's some in the business that think he might be a little bit more of an ambassador and they use him in different ways through Fox and the NFL and bridging the gap there. So we'll see. I I mean, it does. He is Tom Brady. 
And like, I think what my dad's point is, is a little bit, and he's, he said this, my dad has said this for years with Peyton Manning as well, is that like, they're almost too big for that job, you know, and that's not to disrespect the job. Obviously my dad did it forever, but I think my dad looks at it like, yeah, it's for guys like me who, you know, won a Super Bowl and yeah, I had a good career and and whatever else, but not for like the guys who are, you're like, well, you're a legend. You're as big as as big as a star as the sports ever, uh, ever seen. I think that's where I, I certainly question the uh, the Brady thing too. So we'll, we'll see. Von Miller, he's going. He's got a lot of different options. It seems yeah. like your dad has a great point though, because if a player is legendary, he's got to constantly live up to that when he's calling the games. Yeah. Look at how bad Joe Montana was. Look at how bad Bill Walsh was. And maybe they would have been perfectly fine if they weren't Joe Montana or Bill Walsh. Maybe, right. But when you carry that status into the booth, people are expecting something more than they would from anyone else. They're going to expect a lot more out of the gates from Tom Brady than anyone ever expected out of Tony Romo. Maybe that's why Tony Romo ended up being so good. The bar was low on the way in. I don't know. But for Brady, the bar is high. Now, I think Peyton Manning could be every bit as good as anyone would expect him to be if he would go all in with broadcasting. But he's like, why do I have to do it? I can do these drive-bys on Monday nights, win an Emmy for it, and do all my other stuff. Yeah. I don't have to do it. I got right. this I got this game rigged. I got I got the best of all worlds. I can call games from my house. But <laughs> Seriously. That. He up he you upped you. Beat that. <laughs> he beat you in that yeah. department. I mean, damn. He totally got you there. But yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that that's the thing. Added on added on on top of that. You know, and that's probably where the Fox and the exorbitant amount of money comes from is that, yeah, a lot of these guys, the Peyton Mannings, the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, when he's done, they've made so much money that, you know, the normal announcing contract is it would would barely move the needle. I mean, now now it moves the needle and at least is obviously making some of these guys think a little bit for sure. Uh, But it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what Von Miller does back to that. He's got a be a Bleacher Report podcast. He says he wants to be a GM. He, if you ever watched the Kentucky Derby, he did a great job with like the pre-show a few years ago, going around with all the stars and all that. So we'll see. He's certainly a guy that I expect to be, you know, doing something ambitious. That's for sure. I forgot he wants to be a GM. He showed up at the combine right. wanting to meet with right. teams to learn stuff. And they're like, Vaughn, you're currently a member of the Buffalo Bills and maybe the Denver Broncos. You can't <laughs> come in and meet with us. It would be against the rules for us to like have meetings with you you're not a member of this organization so a lot of ambition there and the challenge is focusing on the right thing to the exclusion of everything else a lot of stress can come from that eventually he's got to pick something that he's going to do with his post-football career and when you pick that one door all the other doors close unless you find a way to do a bunch of stuff like Peyton Manning does just do a bunch of different things and back to that whole point about Fox and Brady yeah. and whether or not he's actually going to do it. Right. If Fox never has to pay him $375 million over 10 years, I mean, they get to be perceived as, as buying a Cadillac but never actually paying for it or a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or the most expensive car that's out there. We bought the most expensive car that's out there on layaway, and everybody thinks we're going to pay for it, and then we're just going to not. And we're going to move on. And they've developed Greg Olson 
into this great talent. That's the, that's the other thing it's, in this. That's what, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fascinating right. over the next year. Because Olsen's only going to get better, and that's going to put more pressure on Brady. There's going to be so much pressure on Brady when he does this job. It's like, do you really need this, Tom? Pushing 50. Do you really need this extra pressure and stress? And maybe he rises to the moment. Maybe he does. Well, yeah. Maybe he doesn't. Well, that's where I, I always I, – I, I'm always, like, uh, in, interested, intrigued, whatever, too. All the points you make, I think, are very real. And then, you know, you hear all the talk about family and all that, and that's where – you know, you know, there's another thing that my dad and I laugh about sometimes. Hey, I want to spend time with my family. Oh, wait, but you're going to go do this job? I mean, my, my dad will tell you he was away from our family more doing the announcing job than he was as a player. A player, he was gone eight nights a year. That was it. Announcing games, he was gone two, three nights every week, if not more, depending on how the schedule set up. So that's where, you know, I think it's a little of a, of a miss, you know, or, or the, the perception's wrong there. People think, oh, yeah, I'm going to spend more time with the family because I'm not playing football. No, there's actually a little bit more BS and you're on the road a whole lot more. And I don't think you're going to see your family as much as when you did play football. By the way, how was your weekend? We hey. spent 10 minutes talking about Vaughn Miller, and we haven't talked about our ah, My weekend was, was good. I, you know, we had a lot going on this weekend. Baseball tournament in Jersey with Philip, my little boy, right? So we did that on Saturday and Sunday, you know, all day there basically, right? So that that was good, but, you know, annoying and driving, driving in Jersey traffic and doing all that. Also had my sister-in-law's wedding shower at the house. So when I got home from baseball about 845 on Saturday night, you know, there's still some uh, some people there enjoying themselves. So, of course, I jumped in the fest festivities and I stayed up too late that night. And then I had to get up early and drive my kid to back to Jersey. So I'm a little freaking tired today, Mike. But uh, thanks for asking. How are you? Scale of one to ten, how close did you come to getting into a fight while sitting around <laughs> watching baseball Never. in New Jersey? Not even close. Not even close. It's my those are my people, Mike. They 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 know. Uh, so it was it was actually awesome. And you know, I am kind of the uh the dad that's, you know, hey here, come on, one, two, throw it in there. I'm like that guy a little bit. Uh but but I root for the other team too. The other team makes good plays. I go, hey, center fielder, way to throw it, blah, blah, blah. And usually the parents are pretty good for the most part and you know, I, you know, more than more times than not, they figure out who I am too. So they probably are a little bit like, okay, that big mouth. He, we know him. We'll let him go. <laughs> yeah, big giant guy who looks a lot like the former quarterback of the New York Giants, right? Who won't shut up. Eventually, <laughs> right. they're going to put two and two together. That, By the way, much. I can't let this go. I can't let this go. What? <laughs> I had forgotten about it. I was impressed. When you trotted out the word exorbitant earlier, I think you left out a syllable or two. I think so, too. I think you did. I think, I think so, too. We need to so check too. the tape. <laughs> I think so, too. But, but, it's, but it's a good effort. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I just I threw it out there, and I was like, I don't think it came out the right way. I think I used the right way to use it, meaning-wise, but I don't think I said it yes, exactly right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Just thank missing you. a syllable. I'm learning. Just, I'm just learning like from a, you. Just like a puzzle missing a piece. A Lego house missing a brick. That's well, you, right. You were there. I don't really. know. Yep. I don't know if that brick will ever be in there, but... But either way, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we we hosted on Saturday night a high school graduation party for my nephew, and let's just say I was overserved uh, a little bit. Well, and well, I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I tried to wake up yesterday morning. And I think maybe it's a function of age. But man, I mean, I was like, you know, run over by a truck when it was time to get out of bed on Sunday, and I really did not feel like that 
on Saturday night. Oh, uh, as far well, as I knew. Well, and and uh, what were we what were we messing with that night? Tequila? What were we doing? I mean, you were serving yourself, yeah. so it's hard to overserve yourself. But what were you messing with? Oh no no no! I was not. I know no 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 no. First of all, I was I was fine. I was fine until my nephew, who's thirty one, brought over to me a a combination of crown and coke that was more crown than coke oh way more crown than coke and that put you over that the was edge? the that was the tipping point yeah that was the tipping point because i had had just enough that i didn't notice how strong it was but i could tell it was kind of strong but it didn't bother me because i don't like strong drinks but that was strong and that was the that was the uh-oh uh, yeah that was that was the one where you went uh-oh i hope i don't wake up in the middle of the night or i'd feel okay the next morning i mean i i, I know the feeling. i didn't even think of it yeah. i didn't even think of that though because it's like i i know i like because i was able as far as i can recall to talk normally you know when you ever get to that point where you have to fight to get the words out then it's like it's probably time to call it probably time to call tonight <laughs> that's right. right time to go inside and go to bed yeah but yeah. uh yeah we had a good time we had a good time we, we had to sweat out the possibility of storms all day long like uh, all week last week forecasters Saturday, perfect 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 all of a sudden on friday 30 course chance of yeah of course right so then i became amateur meteorologist friday night saturday constantly checking all the different things on my phone, weather.com, weather underground, this one, that one, where's the radar, what's it look like, what's it going to do? And some nasty storms blew through around 2.30 or 3 o'clock, but we threaded the needle of the worst of it, and it never even rained here. But, man, if it's like this is going to be it. This is going to be a disaster. Yesterday would have been perfect. Tomorrow would have been perfect. Today it's going to be crap. But That's it how it works. Fine. It cooled off, never stormed, and we had a good time. And, All right, good. Yeah. And I- we, got, we got enough food left over. For basically the whole week. So oh. I know what I'm going to be eating tonight, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Until it all turns, I know what I'm going to be eating. Well, there you go. That, there, at least there's a silver lining there. I mean, you, you sent me a picture of your spread there on Saturday when I was at the baseball game in New Jersey with, you know, our famous little line under that you and I like to joke, can't hide money, right? <laughs> that was a nice that <laughs> was a nice too. That was a nice spread. You couldn't hide it on that one, that's for sure. You had a little bit of everything there. I saw some nice flowers, a little a little bit of everything for people to eat. So well done by you. Like when you have those type of parties, who's in charge of ordering stuff and like doing that? Is it you oh, and Jill? Not me. Okay, not me. Jill Jill no, takes no, no, total Jill. control of that Jill. one. Jill handled all of it. But, yeah. you know, it's funny because I assume that there is some sort of loose relationship between number of people from the place that caters who are present on the site and how much it's going to cost. And there were a lot of people oh, here good. on Saturday. Way to go, Jill. The local restaurant. That away, Jill. Oh, so see, that, that looks like it costs a lot. I hope it I costs a, a lot. Look at that. Woo, that, man. That's, uh, that's you know, it, it was it was very good. A lot of gabagool there. That's why I sent it around because I just wanted to use the phrase gabagool. But they had the nice flowers in the middle. I don't think they're real, so you can just take them from place to place, event to event. But it gives it a nice appearance. And that was just the, the gabagool table. There was some brisket and... And uh, the really good pasta and uh, other stuff that I'm forgetting that I probably ate. All sausage and peppers, really good sausage and peppers. And again, we had it last night too. Family came back over. I have a feeling we'll be back again tonight. We got we got a lot to chip away at before it's all gone. All right, chip uh, away. All right, I'm glad you had a good time. Let's go. Let's chip away at some plate football. Up breakfast. Should have should have brought a plate uh, up and had a little uh, uh, a little breakfast. You can't while we eat did that this. for breakfast. That's that's a no no. You can't do that. Can, would you really eat that for breakfast? Could you do that? 
Yeah, why, apparently why I don't know. I just can't do that. That does not like it's just breakfast food is is got a it's a different genre. I can't do middle of the eggs. afternoon Sunday hors d'oeuvres for breakfast. I can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> so you prefer eggs for breakfast? Well, I know you know I don't like eggs. You know I know pancakes and bacon all right, and all. Let's that. go. Let's all go. Right, here we go. On to football and back to Von Miller as part of his event where he was referring to the Broncos as we. He said, I feel like I'll be ready week run. Remember, he tore the ACL last year, Thanksgiving. They led us to believe it wasn't, and then it turned out it was. The big investment in the pass rusher that the Bills made last year blows up. I love guarantees. It's me. It's Vaughn. I love guarantees. I want to play. In 2013, I had ACL surgery in January. I played at the beginning of August in the preseason. That put me around seven months, eight months. I feel great. I feel comfortable. I feel like I'll be ready to go at the start of the season. I want to be ready week one versus the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, Monday Night Football. But at the same time, I'm not in control of that. I'm going to do everything I can physically, mentally, emotionally to be ready for that. But if it's not the first week of the season, it won't be any longer than week six. He's mentioned week six before. Yeah. I think this all comes down to whether or not he's on the pup list to start the regular season when they cut the 53 on the roster or whether they hold him until week six. It doesn't sound like they're going to keep him on the roster Unless they are damn sure he's going to be ready to go to start the season, that they'll just wait until week six and give him that extra time. And I think that that he's mentioned week six a couple of times. I think he knows that's where it's going to go. The rest I, of it is just wishful thinking. I, I think so, too. You're right. Like, if everything lines up the right way, week one, and wow, I really feel way better than I thought I was going to feel in the middle of August or, you know, early August, uh, late July. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I mean, you know, to his point right there. You know, okay, yes, in January of 2013, you tore your ACL. Well, that was 10 years ago. You're not the same guy. As much as you're still an awesome physical freak, you know, I would think his body takes a little longer to heal now, you know, to being 10 years older, a few more car crashes and hits on the body and everything there. And, like, it does feel like he's throwing that out there just to get people to wrap their head around it like we talk about. And why risk it like we've talked about? Like, who, who gives a crap with Von Miller? The, the Bills are good enough to be able to hold down the fort for five weeks, six weeks without Von Miller. You know, the, the Bills have, as we've talked about, have officially crossed over, and we know this is a big year for them, of like, they're a Super Bowl contender. It's about setting themselves up to make the run when it's most important. They got enough veteran leaders and battle-testedness in their, in their team now to, to hold down the fort with Von, without Von Miller for the first few weeks of the season. And I think part of it, too, remember last year they went into the season with this plan. Brandon Bean, the GM of the team, explained it to Peter King. They were not going to overuse Vaughn Miller. They wanted to have him ready to pass rush in the stretch run when the big games arrived. And what happened? By December, he was done. So if you just take the first six weeks of the season and set them aside, those are six games where you are taking off the table the possibility of another Vaughn Miller injury. And I think they're scarred by that. I think it's one of the reasons why they didn't go all in for Odell Beckham Jr. It's one of the reasons they may have some trepidation about DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they have a hard limit on what they're going to pay, and they're not going to go above that. If the Chiefs want to pay more than that and take him, fine. We don't want the injury risk. We don't want it to blow up in our face again. And I know know that folks in Buffalo, I think, misperceive my point here when I say this. Folks in the organization get a little antsy. They get a little nervous. They think there's some malice in this. I'm just recognizing what any of us who have a history in this sport should recognize. 
you can't knock on the door every year, every year, every year without opening it up. You can't just keep knocking. Sooner or later, what's going to happen in Buffalo is what happened to John Fox in Denver when it was we for Vaughn Miller. Out went Fox, in came Gary Kubiak. At some point, they make major changes. And if there's any type of nervousness, and there should be, if there's any real anxiety about signing another big-name player and having an injury and well we don't get to use that person when we need him and with Vaughn Miller this is year two we want him to be available for the playoffs we're going to go very easy we're going to be very conservative with him every step of the way we want him to be healthy in January we can get to January without him we need him in January I feel like that's the mission this year and they understand the stakes keep getting higher and higher every year they don't win a Super Bowl with, with Josh Allen on the roster or get to a Super Bowl with Josh Allen on the roster is more pressure on everyone the next year it's going to keep ratcheting up and ratcheting up until they finally do it. Yeah, well, you're right about that. I mean, Josh Allen's—he's got all-time great talent. I mean, we're 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 watching a guy that's got Elway-ish, Marino-ish. It, it's that he just doesn't have some of the hardware to go by, go by, or sit next to him right now for the rest of the public to like verify it. You know, because that's what the public needs—they need the hardware there. But you and I know. I mean. Man, I mean, he's he's a walking highlight machine. He's amazing. And that does put pressure on the organization like you're talking about. I think it's real. You know, I think all the reasons, the things you talked about, what we talked about at the end of the season about lack of blue chip players and playmakers, that's the reason you don't play Von Miller the first six weeks if you feel like it's even close. Ty goes to keep him out for six weeks, make sure Von Miller, veteran player, played a ton of football, make sure he's ready to go. He'll get right back in the swing of things in no time. That type of player always does. He's, his, this ain't his first rodeo. So I wouldn't worry about that with Von Miller. You know, and go back to that, if you guys can pull up that, the sack stats there from Buffalo and the QB hits and all that. I mean, that shows you how much they need. He didn't play the last eight weeks of the year, and he still led the team in all the quarterback hit categories. I mean, if that doesn't say you how much they need him, you know, then I don't know. And then, of course, in the AFC, like we've talked about a million times, too, with those quarterbacks, if you think you're going to go and, and beat Joe Burrow and Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson with that pass rush without Von Miller, the pass rush we saw at the end of the year, no way. There's no way they're going to beat those beat those guys. So that would be another reason I'd I'd say let's let's keep him on the shelf here until he's ready to go. Yeah, Von Miller tied Gregory Rousseau with eight sacks for the team lead. But creeping down on the list of quarterback hits, a guy who got paid over the weekend, he led the team with 17. That's defensive tackle Ed Oliver, reportedly a four-year extension worth, I believe, $68 million, which makes it a five-year, $78 million contract. Look, it's not in that same tier as the guys who got paid earlier this year. There's been, what, three, four of the defensive right. tackles who have gotten paid. The uh, – uh, what, what? Maybe what, it's – Well, what do you want to know? What Saturday do you want to talk night, about? My brain. Dexter I'm Lawrence. I'm trying to of the names of the guys who got Dex- paid. Jeffrey Sexy Simmons. Dexy. Right. Jeffrey Simmons, Deron Payne from the Commanders. Deron, Deron Payne. Payne. There, there we go. go. What you My sure you drank or back. you did you smoke some of the good stuff? Did you did did so some sativa Sims end up down there? Do you lose I a few brain cells? I I I I, I uh, invoke the Fifth Amendment uh, on that. No, seriously, no. I just I was just blanking on Deron Payne. Uh, I knew Simmons and Lawrence because I'm thinking Jonathan Allen. It's not Jonathan Allen. It's Deron Payne, and it's Deron Payne. So anyway, he's he's below them. Yeah. And I saw, I saw 
one of the columnists for one of the Buffalo newspapers was like, well, why, why would they do it now? Well, I mean, if everybody's happy, do it now. You're entering your option year, and uh, you want to get the contract done before you go out there and risk a potential injury that could derail it for the next year. Right. So you just do it. And yeah. they put an offer on the table that he accepted. That's why you do it, because they made him an offer he didn't refuse. He could have tried to push for more. I mean, he's not in the same category as the guys who got a lot exactly. more, but he still could have tried to get more. Right. He still could have tried to get more. He could wait for, for Quentin Williams to get his deal. See if Quentin Williams raises the bar and try to follow in his wake. Christian Wilkins, he gets a deal. Follow in his wake. They put a number on the table that he didn't say no to. Right. So well, yeah. that's why. That's why. It's no mystery. You, you know when to move. Like I've said before, these teams negotiate over and over and over again. They understand the personality types. They know the agents they're dealing with. They know. I put this number out here for this guy, he'll take it. I put it out there for this one, he won't. So I'll put it out there for this guy, and he'll take it. And yeah. they were right. Yeah, yeah, they were right. And, and you know, I think the, the thing that, you know, he's like you said, he's not on their level, uh, the, some of the guys we've seen there, right? I mean, the, the, we're talking about Sexy Dexy, Jeffrey Simmons, Deron Payne. They're all pro-caliber players. They are like, wait, oh, wait, we're playing this team this week? You turn on the film and it's like, whoa, okay, wait, we gotta, we gotta figure, out, we gotta do a few things here. We can't run this play at sexy Dexy. Oh, all right, we have to run this play so we're away from him and we get a double team on him. You know, Ed Oliver's really good. I think he he fits the culture. Of course, he's a top ten pick there. They like everything about him. But good for Ed Oliver and the Bills and everybody just to recognize, yeah, it, it, he's you know he's not that caliber of a football player, but he's still damn good. And they still get something done here where, yeah, it makes sense for Ed Oliver. It makes sense for the team going in the future. They know they want him, and he's got some money in the bank now and for injury and all the things we talk about. And it's a good contract. So, you know, kudos to both sides there. It's one of the reasons that I had been so adamant Lamar Jackson needed an agent. You need that agent who will say, this is a deal I would tell my son, my brother, my nephew my cousin my friend to accept don't say no to this don't let this get away don't let it get away you can you can let it ride at 10 million this year or you can take whatever security enhanced over that 10 million is coming in this contract and i'm working to get the details so we can break it all down and see how many years are guaranteed as a practical matter maybe he made a mistake maybe he should have waited but we'll see when we when we're able to break down all the details of the Ed Oliver deal. But the bottom line is he's under contract for five years. So they're holding that defensive line together. Gregory Rousseau has been good so far. You know, you've got to have a balanced team to compete in the AFC. It can't just be we have a great quarterback and he'll carry us. You've got to have more pieces. The Bills know that. It's been one of the big criticisms. So they got to keep the good players in place, and then they have to keep looking for more good players to help the team get even better. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
it's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash grad admissions. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. That leads us to this ongoing issue with the Vikings. Yeah. This Dalvin Cook. What's going on? This philosophical, you know, it's a great question because every time it feels like it's moving one way, Uh it goes another way. And I I know some things that I can say. I know some things I can't say. And I believe some things that I don't know. Okay. But I believe them. Let's hear it all. I think that... Well, I I think that you have an analytics-driven GM who just can't justify paying Dalvin Cook $10.4 million. Okay. Can't do it. I could see can't that. Right. Now, there was a column in one of the Minnesota papers over the weekend. And anytime I see that, where the column is advocating for what would be the locally unpopular position, because the popular position is you keep Dalvin Cook. Find a way to keep Dalvin Cook. Fans of the team, that's that's one of the realities of having a great running back. The fans want to keep him. This column was pushing the idea that this is no different than the formula that Kevin O'Connell, when he was with the Rams, saw Sean McVay use. You move on from Todd Gurley, you focus on Cooper Cup and your passing game and your quarterback, and you win a Super Bowl with Cam Akers or somebody else who isn't Todd Gurley and isn't getting a ton of money. So you've got at least one colonist in the Minneapolis area who is pushing the team's agenda here if this is where it's going to go. we got to move on from Dalvin Cook. And the other theory is that, and we talked about this, I think we texted about it, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, the idea that the Vikings are self-aware. They know they're not a Super Bowl contender, so why are we going to burn up $10 million in cap space on a running back when we can – have somebody a lot cheaper do the job, and we can use that money to keep Justin Jefferson around over the long haul. So that's the other reason. Recognizing, eh, you know what, this team isn't going to compete with the 49ers at the Eagles at the end of the day. We're still a work in progress. So why are we gonna why are we gonna go with an icing on the cake expenditure when we're still trying to figure out how to bake the cake? I, I think that that's part of this too. Well, there's a lot there. You know, I know we've hit it a lot, hit on this a lot too. I think it's different than the Todd Gurley Ram situation, right? Right, where Todd Gurley was like, he he had a degenerative knee. His knee was shot. It was was shot, shot. exactly. Right, so we knew. I mean, this wasn't even the same player. We're still talking about a guy that, like we've talked about, it's it's go go, you know, go go gadget rocket burners, and he's up the sidelines for eighty yards. He's special that way. It does feel that way that there's a little bit of a civil war, or call it what you may, in the building where. Yeah, analytics, 
really like, if you're really doing things by the books, okay, it might make sense to get rid of Dalvin Cook. But I got to think there's still people in that building that have said the things I've said and what we're, what we're talking about. Wait, wait, there's only a few guys in football you can give the ball like anywhere on the field and go, hey, he can score a touchdown, and we got one of them. And we're only going to save like 2 or $3 million if we get rid of them. So, and then I think there's that aspect. And then here's where I challenge that like, you can't play the oh we think what we think we know how the league's going to shake out game too much here, right? Correct. I mean, that that's where I don't get it. Like oh well, okay, so now you you're fortune tellers and you know the league. You were the number three seed in the or the number three seed in the NFC playoffs last year. The NFC is weak, right? The 49ers have two or three injuries. It's it's over. Okay, now you're, well, maybe we're the second best team. I don't know. Dallas is in a year of we don't know what they might be. Okay, oh, wait, now we're here down the home stretch. Oh, no, the Eagles lost the defense end. The Eagles lost their starting tackle. Oh, the A.J. Brown hurt his ankle, and you're in the thick of things? And wouldn't you want Dalvin Cook there? I, I don't know. The door's kind of cracked for me a, a little bit there in the NFC for me to think, hey, we're just going to get rid of Dalvin Cook and play him for the future. I don't know. That's just my thought. Mike, you know I've kind of been saying that here, you know, for the last few weeks. You know, the uh, as we talk this through, because I wonder whether and to what extent ownership has decided yeah. to weigh in on it. Yeah, that. that's interesting, that, too. Okay, you know, Kwesi right. Odofomenso, we've hired you to bring an analytics-driven approach to this, but we still have to be mindful of the human element. We know what Dalvin Cook is capable of doing for this team. We saw it last year against the Bills, the long touchdown that made the impossible plausible, and then who would have ever thought? Even when he had that 80-yard touchdown round, I thought, well, okay. this. Yeah, at least it'll be a game for a little bit. Right, yeah. Right, but but without that, they don't win that game. The game-breaker against the Dolphins, where it was still in doubt, and Miami was trying to come back. Boom, he goes 50-plus yards to the house. It's over. The Colts, the screen pass, ties the game. And and – I think more about this column from yesterday. And look, we know how the sausage gets made. I don't want to accuse anyone of, and I don't know what's proper or improper in a setting like this, but if you're a columnist for a major publication in the town where the team is, and the team is trying to to get a version out there, trying to advocate plausibly with assistance from one of these columnists to make our case, when you think of that, mindset that maybe there is some disagreement within the Vikings and somebody got to and then it's and, and you know I should know how to pronounce his last name by now where is it Jim Suhan is it Jim Suhan 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 uh lengthy column explaining why the Vikings are right to move on from Dalvin Cook minimizing and downplaying his impact on the team last year which I think is a mistake but I just think a lot of this was fashioned out of talking points from the team. That I just, I, it's inescapable. I would bet when you've been doing this for twenty plus right. years that every once in a while there's an item where the local columnist is doing a favor for the local team because there's a fine line between they and we when you're a columnist covering the local NFL team. And maybe, maybe he slash we was doing the local team a favor I, with I, this. I, I would. It, think it suggests so. that there's. Yeah. It suggests that. Because Chris, here's here's what I here's what I know. This was all moving toward a conclusion last week. When I wrote and said last week that yeah. Dalvin Cook could be traded by the end of the week, that wasn't something I pulled out of an orifice. Sure, that was something that I had been told 
this is coming to an end this week. Right. And just go ahead and say it could happen. And then Friday comes along. It's like something's going on yeah. here. Somebody, got, somebody got walked the, in the office and said, the, wait, are we really going to get the guy, yeah. get rid of the guy that's got three rockets up his ass and runs down the sidelines yeah. for 80-yard touchdowns? So I feel like something's going on yeah. there yeah. where they're, they're either holding out hope for a trade. And as of last week, I thought a trade was possible, that there may be a team out there that would pay him the $10.4 million, even if it's restructured. And there's a contractual clause that gives – the Vikings or whoever his team is to take that 10.4 and chop down the cap number by converting most of the money into a bonus that. So I think a trade is still possible. Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald reported over the weekend that uh, if he's cut, the dolphins become a real possibility, but I don't think the dolphins are going to pay him 10.4. That's where the dolphins are an impediment. I think he'll, he's more likely to go to the team that pays him 10.4 than the dolphins. If there's a team out there that'll pay him 10.4. So I just think the Vikings are coming to the realization that if we do this, we may regret it. Yes. Not just by way of what it does to our team, but what it does by way of the highlights we're going to see every Sunday or Monday or Thursday or Saturday, depending upon which which week it is, of Dalvin Cook doing the kind of stuff he did for us last year. And in comparison, we're going to look like idiots for letting this guy out of the building. Agreed. I mean, let alone goes to Miami, goes to the AFC, they're going to have those ceilings. What if you don't trade them and it's somebody in the NFC? That's going to even be worse. You know, and, and who knows out there? He's the type of talent, the type of guy where a team looks at it and goes, hey, whoa, wait, we might have not been able to make this. But he's out there. We can figure out our books here and our salary count, and we can add a little extra money for a guy that can score 70-yard touchdowns. I just don't know why. You know, I, I get it, but I don't get it. I don't think it's the time. The time is right to get rid of Dalvin Cook for what he is as a player, what he's making, the money you save on dead money and all of that, right? And then I look at it and go, hey, you know, I know we look at the Rams and Todd Gurley that, but but hey, everybody, they would have rather had Todd Gurley healthy and just be able to still throw them screens for 80-yard touchdowns. So that's a tough formula. It's a tough formula. Wait, Dalvin Cook, even when we don't have a good offensive line in the run game like they didn't last year? I mean, they're, your offensive line, you know, there's nothing special that way. Still runs for 1,000 yards, still averages almost 4.5 yards per carry. You know, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And then you got a you got a passing game and a guy in Justin Jefferson who is the king of the twenty and twenty five yard reception and the fifteen yard reception. So back backers and safeties are always worried about whoa we have to stop that area of the field. And then underneath is wide open for Dalvin Cook and the running game, screen game, and the short passing game. That's where I just the formula was for me would seem to fit for a Kevin O'Connell. And I just wouldn't give up on it like like we've been saying here. And I, I think you're the same, you're feeling the same thing right now. To the extent that analytics are driving this decision, Pete points out that Dalvin Cook had an NFL high 62 carries last year that went for zero or negative yards. And again, that's part of this effort to downplay Cook's impact on the team. And that's where analytics and eyeballs can differ. Right. 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 You can you can bend and twist and devise any statistical formula you would like to just coldly and dispassionately assess a player's worth. Or you can watch the game. Yeah. Right. Or or <laughs> like a phrase a, a fact like that I, I think works against them. You know, I've seen that out there and I want to go, 
and he still had a thousand yards. Like, what did you think? There was a hole there, and he just ran into someone's ass and went, "Oh, I went down. I'm blind. I'm blind. I missed the hole." Like that. That is a team issue. It's not a Dalvin Cook issue. That props him up almost with that. You and I are watching those games always. I'm always keeping my eye on it because I want something bad to happen so I can yell at you. I didn't. We didn't come away watching Viking games going, man. Dalvin Cook, he missed a lot of huge holes in the game He's the other day. He's holding back, right? He's really holding I, back. So that's where it's like it's when people try to say that. I'm like, that's insane. This is a special, special player still. And it all comes back to. And I think they're repackaging this idea of just good enough is just good enough. Purple purgatory, as I coined it in recent <laughs> years, where, yeah. where they were content to compete for a division title or a wild card berth. They're content to go one and done. We're not going to go all in and be aggressive and try to be great. We're content to be good. Now it's more along the lines of we know what our limitations are. We know we're not great. We're not going to pretend to be great, so we're going to budget our dollars accordingly. Again, Dalvin Cook has become, based upon where he is contractually, a luxury we can no longer afford because we're not going to get the bang that that we need for our buck because we're not really going to contend. We're not going to get past the 49ers. We're not going to get the past the Eagles. We're not going to fool ourselves. But like you said, a lot of stuff can happen. In Now, if you're in the AFC... I could advocate it. Right. In the NFC, right. we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. You won 13 games last year with a defense that was complete and total crap, and you still won 13 games. You got outscored by the opposition, and you still won 13 of those games. Your defense was horrible. You've got a great defensive coordinator now. It can't be worse than right. it was last right. year, right. and you believe your offense is going to be better. When I interviewed Kevin O'Connell a few weeks ago, I came away from it believing Thoroughly, their offense will be better this year than it was last year because it's year two of the system. And Kirk Cousins is more comfortable, and Justin Jefferson's more comfortable, and they're drafting players that they think are suited to it, like Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson will actually have an opportunity to get comfortable as opposed to just, oh, we, we, we traded from you and plugged you in. You had 10 catches right out of the gate. So they're going to be better offensively. They don't have to be much better defensively to make some noise. But if the Eagles regress at all, if the 49ers have injury issues like they always do, there is an opening there yeah. for somebody. Right. There's an opening for somebody. There's too much pressure on the Lions, way too much pressure on the Lions. There's an opening for somebody. Why would you sacrifice your opportunity to be somebody? Yeah, that, I think that's that's the point we're talking about, right? I mean, we, we clearly look at the, there's a there's a top three, the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. But the Vikings are clearly in that next mix there of teams. With the Lions, the Seahawks, right? Yeah, sure, the Saints. Who know. the hell's betting on the Saints? I don't know. I, I'm guessing it's NFC South. It's Derek Carr. They had a top five defense last year. I'm guessing that's added adding to it there. But you know, nonetheless, the point is is that you guys and your your Minnesota Vikings are are in that next tier right below those top three. And like like you're saying and we're saying here, it's just, yeah, it doesn't take much to maybe be, oh, wait, we are one of the top three now. Whoa, we are one of the top two. You know, who who's to say the 49ers don't come out of the gates so and it's Sam Darnold and, you know, he they lose a few games with Sam Darnold and then Brock Purdy gets back and he's a little rusty and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, wait, we're the number two seed in the NFC right now. The 49ers, you know, they've, they've tripped over themselves here for some reason, whatever. Who's to say? That's where I just I would have a hard time, 
you know, cutting ties with, with number four in Minnesota. Something happened late last week. Unless it was all just a big bluff to try to get Dalvin Cook to take less. And he called their bluff because he's not inclined to take a penny less. Unless that's what it was, something changed. Because they were ready to move in a certain direction, and now they're not moving in that direction. And and, and um, so, you know what? Even if they ultimately move on, at least it will be the product of pressing pause, thinking it through. Sure. Why are we rushing this? Right. Let's make sure that we have a full consensus, that we understand the pros, the cons, the pluses, the minuses, that we're making an informed adult reasoned decision on where this goes. And uh, I, I can get behind keeping Dalvin Cook. I can get behind exercising their right to restructure the contract, turn that 10.4, the bulk of it, 90% of it, into a signing bonus, kicking cap dollars into future years. The cap's always going up, so that dollar means less in future years than it means this year. Kick those dollars into future years. You'll work it out later. You'll worry about it later. Try to hold a team together offensively. And that's the, that's the other side of it, too, before we move on. What impact does this have on the locker room? What message does it send when one of your leaders gets thrown overboard while he can still play at a high level? What, what, is it, what, was, what does that tell the team? How do they react to that? See, these are things that don't show up. And I know that the analytics crowd says, oh, there's a formula for that. Bullshit, there's a formula for that. There's no formula for what impact the team's decision to remove one of the best players and one of the team leaders from the locker room is going to have on the rest of the players. There is no formula for that. No. There's no formula that lets you crawl inside someone's soul and heart and, and understand how they're going to react and respond as a team, individually and as a team, to the removal of one of the team's leaders. There's no way to predict that. There's no chart. There's no stat that allows that to be predicted. And that's part of what the Vikings are, are dealing with as they try to make this decision about what to do with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never heard of a formula about the locker room. Is there one actually out there? If there is, you're right. There's no way you can They always that. say, oh. anytime, uh, they, anytime you have somebody in the analytics crowd on the run, they say, I've got a formula for, oh, no, that takes it into account. The, the model takes that into account. Sure it does. How can you prove otherwise? Oh, the model takes it into account. It doesn't take that into account. Impact on the guys who are left behind. When management decides to sever ties with one of the best players on the team, who's one of the team leaders, there's no formula for that. No, there, you know, there, there's not. And, and it's the human element, like we discuss a lot. It's, it's the human element and just, yeah, you're going to have guys in the locker room go, just damn, that's how we're going to treat a guy that's been a team guy, the best player on our team, right? You know, in the big picture of things, that caliber of player making peanuts – and here we are, we're going to just dangle them out there the whole offseason. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those where, yeah, it's going to make people in the locker room a little side-eyed towards the organization, uh, definitely. I don't know if it ruins the locker room, but if he gets back in there, it, it will be a big positive, and I think like an, an energy booster, where it's going to be like, oh, man, they got you back, good. Oh, oh, Dalvin Cook, he didn't take that, that team-friendly deal. He didn't let them screw him over and you know take less and do all that. He stood up to the team. I think, I think it will actually be an energy boost if they bring him back in the locker room in a lot of ways. But, yeah, there's going to be some guys that feel disgruntled or a little bit you know annoyed with how he's treated. And, again, I think they're having – 
I don't know this, but the circumstances would suggest that they're really having a conversation, a discussion. Why rush it? Why rush it? When do we have to make this decision? We don't have to make it today. Let's not make it today. Let's let's see how this plays out. And I really think until week not not week one, but training camp. I think that's when you better have a plan because if he shows up and says, I'm ready for practice and my shoulder's healed and you put him out there and he potentially tears an ACL, you're on the hook for the ten point four million. So I think you'd like to have a plan in place that you're going to execute by week by the start of training camp. Week one is when his salary becomes fully guaranteed, but I'd like to think they would exercise their right to restructure the deal and drop the cap number before we even get to the the issue of his salary becoming fully guaranteed. So uh, no rush now. Take some time. Make a good decision. Consider all of it. And uh, ultimately, don't don't make decisions because you think you're not good enough to contend. They are good enough to contend. Most of the teams in the NFC are good enough to contend if things fall their way. There's, we know all the variables that can affect a game. Injuries, bad calls, good calls, fluky stuff. There's a much bigger cluster of teams that is in that, you know what? They get a few breaks, they could be the NFC champion than the AFC. Although, well, I, I, I misspoke. The bar is a lot lower for admission to that club in the NFC. That's it. That's There's a lot of teams way. that are in that conversation in the AFC, but they're all great teams. Yeah. In the NFC, there aren't many great teams, but there's a lot more teams that wouldn't be in the conversation in the AFC that are in the conversation in the NFC. So why do you want to surrender prematurely when things could go your way? Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, exactly right there. You know, and 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give up in the NFC for all the reasons we stated, and. Um, I don't mean to change the subject, but you see we got some breaking news here. Breaking got some news. breaking news. I like this signing right here. Wow, I really do. Much needed. This is a, We talked about him last week. He's one of those guys we talked about, right? Like, it is, Man, this guy can make your defense better, so go ahead. Lay it out there, Mike. Leonard Floyd, one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. Mm. So that allows them to give Vaughn Miller exactly. even more time. to And, and it, all, hey, it shows they're doing something. They're doing something. One-year deal, it's probably not going to be a lot of money, but he's out there. He's been out there. We were talking last week about the best remaining free agents, Leonard Floyd, one of the names we discussed. So now he is on the Buffalo Bills, reportedly, joining the likes of Von Miller, Gregor Russo, Ed Oliver on the inside. Got to have a defense. If you yeah. compete with those quarterbacks, you got to have a defense. Yeah, and this, this is, to me, one of the most underrated people in football on the defensive side the last four or five years. You know, you got he got a little bit of a a bad rep, Mike, right? Because he was a top six pick, and when you're a top six pick and you're an edge pass rusher, you know, Chicago Bears, they ex- people expect ten, fifteen sacks a year, and that's not exactly what he is. He's a guy that can flirt with eight or ten. You know, he's had ten in a few years of his career here and there, but he's just an all around football player. And for a guy with like McDermott, who is very creative with what he does on defense and rush and drop back and all of that, he's phenomenal against the run. He's great dropping back into the pass, and he is a force as a pass rusher. So I think it's a great signing by the Buffalo Bills here to improve their defense. Uh, absolutely. And let me just share one thing for you before we go to break. Uh, since it's birthday week for me, I wax nostalgically, and I think of things that I otherwise wouldn't think of. When I see that breaking news, it takes me all the way back. Go ahead and play the piano. I don't mind. It takes me back to the days of three channels. We had no way of getting yeah. 
like immediate information like we do now. So you'd be watching TV, minding your own business, and they'd come on with this dramatic music. This is an NBC News special report. And then you would sit there wondering, are the missiles finally in the air? Yeah. That was always the concern. <laughs> as, as the nuclear – I'm serious. Hey, Pete, you didn't grow up under that shadow of imminent nuclear war at any given moment. When you grew, when you grew up in the 70s – you knew that at any given moment there was a chance the missiles were going to be in the air and it was all going to be over. So every time that NBC, ABC, or CBS special report came up, you held your breath a little bit just to make sure it's not, you know, assume the position, put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye because the missiles are on the way. <laughs> your Dr. Doom strikes And you again. wonder why. Well, I hear you. you wonder why <laughs> yeah. I'm that way. Uh, I know, yeah. I, my formative years right. were constantly infiltrated with this fear of, of nuclear holocaust. <laughs> so, yeah, it leaves a mark. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I remember those days. I'm old enough to – I honestly always think of the – and I do this on my podcast whenever we have breaking news because it, you're right. It was three channels, and you know, all of a sudden you'd be watching an event, and I, I always just, for whatever reason, the ABC News one's always in my head where it'd be do 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 do. I'm sure NBC will be pleased about that, but either way, and then oh, like sure. right, Peter Jennings or somebody would come on and be like, you know, oh, this just happened, and it just. It, but you're right. It was a different world. It's not that way anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and again, every time I'm telling you, every time is this the one where they tell us the missiles are in the air? So, uh, all right, let's take a break. The the footballs are in the air in Tampa, where they aren't necessarily being caught by the receivers. That's just one place where there's a quarterback competition, which will be the tightest quarterback competition as we get closer to Week One. We'll discuss that when this Monday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.